welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hi, welcome back to your favorite movie podcast, where an old couple break down horror movies thematically by month, and one of them dies a little each time. Welcome to year five. Six? Six? Of, six? Uh, it's janvier. Holy shit. 2024. It is January 2024. Uh, I have managed to live thus far, although... I've passed out a few times. 2024. <laughs> I've given in to the screams a few times. Uh, this month, as we begin our new year, what is our theme? We are doing a month of... Wrong. You picked the wrong house. You picked the wrong house, motherfucker? This was oh, initially sorry. in November. I was like, hey, do you want to do Star Stage and Screen? Or you picked the wrong house. Oh, you I were like, remember. Stage and Screen. And I was like, okay. Right. So... Um, all of these movies for this month are bangers, and I was like, well, I kind of just want to do them. Let's do this. They rule. Um, and they're, some of them are really disturbing. Plus, you'd already had the whole thing planned out, didn't you? No, I was initially going to do <laughs> yeah. like Jello January. Oh, nice. Um, but we'll end up doing Jello soon anyway. So, but, but today, today's we are movie is an oldie but a goodie. Um, welcome to Wait Until Dark. Wait until dark. What year did this come out? 1967. Okay, which means... This is going to be by far the oldest movie this month. How long is it? Okay, this might be our longest movie of the month. Okay. It is one hour and 48 minutes long. <sighs> 18 minutes too long, Josh. So next week's movie is <sighs> like an hour and a half on the dot. Okay. Um, but I think this might be our longest for the month. <laughs> uh, so that's not too bad. It's so random. It's not rated... But not for, like, the cool reason that you see a lot of, like, later movies be not rated. This is, like, from 1967. Oh. <laughs> There's not I wanted to not a lot of out-of-pocket shit in this movie. Before we get into the movie, I wanted to break down my 90-minute rule, by the way. So I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, uh, and the host said that he has a 90-minute rule for new release movies. If, at the 90 minutes, he, like, he can choose to stay... But he will just typically just get up and leave. <laughs> and then later, if he's still thinking about it, like wants to, he'll go back. But so far, like he walked out of Avatar. And again, he's like, not mad about it. They're great movies. I don't, I don't need three hours. I'm good. I just don't know why you would go to a movie you know, that's going to be over 90 minutes and then be like, well, I'm out. Well, because I guess uh, we're there, you know, he's. He's a comedy writer, so I guess, like, you know, you want to know the zeitgeist and be able to know all the things, but... Like, I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I can 90 minutes, and then if you're still thinking about it after a few days, maybe go back. Maybe then sit down and watch a three-hour movie. I feel like 90 minutes should be the length of most movies, and if you want to go over 90 minutes, it should be earned. Right. Um, if you want to go well over two hours, mm. you got to really earn that yeah, shit. You, no. And um, you know that I don't do you gotta that. you got to real, 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 really earn that shit. Lord like, of the Rings was the last time I did that. Um, to go the, how far back? You mean in the theater? Yeah. That was the last time I sat through a movie longer than two hours. You watched Magnolia with me last year. No, I mean in a theater. <laughs> Magnolia's three hours long. And you know what? We stopped at a few times. Worth it. <laughs> but I think we only had to stop Magnolia for like potty breaks. I loved that movie. It was yeah, excellent. Worth it. It's worth it. It earns its three hour runtime. Anywho. Uh, some of these are just long because they're like, we don't know how to edit. We just want to throw everything. It's a right. whole thing. Anywho, that was where I was just saying I'm not alone in my 
why are movies all of a sudden so long? Like, Jesus, We don't no. need a three-hour Batman movie. I don't need a three-hour Batman movie. Okay, anyway. So back to 1966. <laughs> so 67. Seven. That is the year I think my parents got married. Oh. So. <laughs> they were married for 60 years almost? What you're saying is the best thing from this year might be this movie. <laughs> fact okay continue uh so wait until dark okay Somewhere let's, my talk, sister let's talk about 1967 real fast other than your parents apparently getting married i think um like i said they're married for 60 years before they finally divorced well okay so on the same vein as your parents getting married uh that was the year of the apollo one disaster where all the astronauts were cooked alive on the launch pad oh wow which Apo- so, apollo one apollo one it's where they were like they went to shoot them into space, and then they didn't leave. This is when I don't talk about my grandfather working up. at NASA. I mean, he was just in communications, but still. Um, the 25th Amendment, which is presidential succession, yeah, was uh, certified. Well, made part, well, because it's 67, we're, we're a few years after, you know. About four years the after The president Kennedy. getting shot. Um, <sighs> Stalin's daughter, Svetlana, yes. affected to the U.S. Yeah. Uh, the Grateful Dead released their self self titled album. Uh, Loving v Virginia. Oh wow! Was decided. Yeah. Um, there were nationwide protests to end the Vietnam War. The Seventy Sixers won the NBA championship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Muhammad Ali refused military service. Right. Fucking hero. Rightfully so. Fucking hero. My favorite thing is if you watch interviews with him. Before, you know, the Parkinson's and all that stuff. The way that he, he's just so true. And, and he just really, like, he just talks. He's like, look, this is just how it is. I'm not mad. I'm not mad about it. This is just how it's going to be. Um, it was also the year that Thurgood Marshall was made a, a Supreme Court justice. Yes. And there were so many race riots that year. Yeah, because of such things. 67. Uh, people that we gained that year were Phil Lamar, um, Laura Dern. No, Benicio del Toro, Ooh. Cheryl Lee, Yay. Nicole Kidman, Will Ferrell, Julia Roberts, and Mark Ruffalo. Fabulous things. Uh, weirdly, because you think about the people that died that year, it seems like forever ago. Uh, Robert Oppenheimer. <laughs> well, I mean, he was an old, yeah. Spencer Tracy, Vivian Lee, and Otis Redding. Wow. Like, yeah. the fact that, like... Robert Oppenheimer died the same year that Mark Ruffalo was born. The fucking Incredible Hulk. It does put stuff in perspective. It's not all that long ago. No, it's not. You've, it's weird. History's weird. I guess I also didn't realize Mark Ruffalo was that old, but go ahead. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk. Uh, okay, so Wait Until Dark, like I said, is 1 hour 48 minutes. It came out in October 26th of 1967. It's directed by Terrence Young, who was a... A British gentleman born in Shanghai in 1915. Whoa. Right? Um, he was a screenwriter turned director. What was his name again? Terrence Young. Okay. Um, so he kind of, he, he directed a lot of things. The things he's most known for other than this movie is he directed the first three um james bond movies okay he's the guy that sets the james bond train a rolling and gives it the look that they have all through like the early 70s 60s 70s all the way through like roger moore kind of has a vibe that he sets so he's the guy who directs um 
Doctor No in 1962, from Rush with Love in 63, and then I believe the third one he didn't do, and then Thunderball's the fourth one, and he does Thunderball in 1965. Okay. Um, Thunderball, problematic you paying movie, attention? movie I that I loved as a child. Never seen. But as an adult, you're like, they're killing so many sharks. <laughs> like, they're, le- they're legitimately killing sharks on the screen. And it's upsetting as an adult when you realize what's happening. But when you're a kid and there's a lot of sharks, it seems really fucking cool. Um, problematic. What you could say about the entire James Bond franchise. I was going to say, for those of you new to the podcast, I have never seen and probably will never see question mark i just uh, any any zero doctor or doctor who uh 007 that's just not my thing they are what they are uh the screenplay is by a married couple okay uh robert carrington who wrote fear is the key with barry newman yeah that movie fucking rules robert carrington Um, i know that name barry newman who was in the lead in vanishing point which also fucking rules that movie is amazing okay uh he wrote it with uh Jane Howard Hammerstein. Oh, who, is that related to the of Rogers and Hammerstein? I don't believe so. She she wrote uh, "Summer of My German Soldier." Mm. That was her okay. claim to fame, other than working with her husband. Okay. Um, so there you go. This movie is produced by Mel Ferrer, famous actor and husband of the lead. Okay. Of this movie. Do you know who the lead is from that? No. Mel Ferrer? Mel Ferrer. Um, he is best known for War and Peace as an actor. He produced a few things. Um, this movie is, the music is by Harry Mancini, who gave us the Pink Panther theme. <laughs> okay. Breakfast at Tiffany's score. Uh, he did the Thornbirds. All old white, I, <laughs> all old white people love the Thornbirds. Yes, I was going to um, say. Which means... If it's a Mel Ferrer produced movie, and he's gonna, married to the lead. It's going to be our lead of this movie, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, oh wow! Her only not her only thing close to a horror movie. Okay, here we go. Um, do you prefer Audrey or Catherine? I was going. I was just going to say, Josh. I don't have a preference. Like, oh, I like this one more than the other. I just have seen more and I know more about Catherine Hepburn. I like Catherine Hepburn more. Um, Hepburn's cool. Like, I can walk into that room and just pull her autobiography off the shelf. Like, I Philadelphia Story. We love, 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 love Catherine Hepburn. This is my second favorite Audrey Hepburn movie. In my youth, I think I had them categorized as like, uh, Catherine Hepburn was like the cool woman and Audrey Hepburn was the pretty woman. Does that make sense? Like, that's not true. They're both, you know excellent actors actors in their own right but i think that's kind of how i had them categorized that's why i never really mm-hmm. sought her out i wasn't a breakfast at tiffany's girl well audrey hepburn actually my jam. met the director of this movie terrence young when he was in the british um army during world war ii he was serving in the european theater and was wounded and met audrey hepburn when she was like 16 working as a nurse as a nurse and a spy so that kind of fucking rules. Yeah, she was a spy. She, she helped get a lot of kids out. Um, yeah, this is my second favorite Audrey Hepburn movie after They All Laughed, which is the movie no one ever talks about her doing. The okay. Peter Bogdanovich. We watched it. It was the one where um, there's a lot of roller skating. In, um, How do I not remember this movie? Oh, what's his name's in it from... Uh, oh, what's his name? That died. Oh, what's John. his name that died? Cassavetes? No, 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 no. He, fuck. Why my brain is not working right now? Um, ADHD, you are failing me right now. Mm. Um, 
Okay, it's fine. What's no, the, it's not fine. Uh, the Suzanne Summer Show. Three's, Three's company. company, John Ritter. Yeah, John Ritter. He falls in love with the uh, that model. Oh. There's a lot of roller skating. Yes. Gosh, we saw that a while ago. Yeah. Okay. I love that movie. It's like mm-hmm. private detectives, like wacky comedy private detectives. Uh, she plays Susie Hendricks <laughs> in this movie. My brain is like shot today. Uh, she's in Breakfast at Tiffany's. She's in Roman Holiday, Charade with Cary Grant, um, My Fair Lady. And of course, they all laugh. So she's the lead of the movie. Then we've got Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Nice. Who I love. Yeah. <laughs> um, he plays Rote. Rote. That's a name. R-O-A-T. It's a verb in past tense, uh, but okay. Catch-22. Freebie and the Bean. <laughs> That's right. He's in a movie called Freebie, Freebie and, the, and Bean. the Bean. Eh? The old classic. The old standby. Where someone's playing a Mexican character. They're a cop duo. Okay. Bean is the Mexican one. Of course. Of course. Of the 70s. Uh, he's in The Rocketeer. Glengarry Glenn Ross, which is probably the thing he's most known for. Right. Little Miss Sunshine, the other thing he's most known for. He just passed away. Um, Was it this year? Mm-hmm. Last year, technically. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because we're in 2024. Uh, Gross Point Blank. He yeah. plays the therapist and group. <laughs> give it a shot. Don't kill anybody. Just give, give it a it shot. A shot. Uh, so he is your baddie. Okay. He's the baddie. He can play a good bad baddie. Uh, speaking of baddies, Richard Crenna. Who's that? Uh, he plays a character named Mike Tallman. Mike Tallman? Yep. <laughs> He's <laughs> He lives in a mortuary and throws giant flying ragers and then they drill into people's head no uh he plays colonel troutman in the first three rambo movies okay the one who comes for him at the end the one it's always like you know you've got a machine on your weapon finely tuned weapon what what was that i don't know is that a colonel troutman impression yeah (laughs) or a finely tuned weapon you've got there you don't know what you're talking about that's rambo that's what Um, i was trying to say but all the words are coming out at the same time so i basically (laughs) i just i just had to stop for a second (laughs) he's like british Uh, he grumbles he's a british grumbling yes he's there to get rambo is am Um, i right is that him Yes, okay, but he's not you. British. Yeah, I know, but he's a grumbling old gentleman. Uh, he Got basically it. played the same character in a uh, send-up of that role in Hot Shots Part 2, where he played Carl Denton. <laughs> Remember the one that yes. like, goes and gets Charlie Sheen? Yes. She's got to go, go, go back, got to go back out there. Uh, and then we've got Efren Zimbalist Jr. Oh, that's a fun name. Yeah. Efren. Uh, son of Efren Zimbalist Sr. Sr., yeah. Who is, I believe, a world-renowned violinist. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, so Ephraim here uh, was Sam. He plays Sam Hendricks. He was on Seventy Seven Sunset Strip, but he is the voice of Alfred the Butler in like every Batman the animated anything from like the nineties for like twenty years. Okay. Like anytime, and so I may recognize Alfred the, voice. the Butler pops up. That's him. That's his voice. Okay. Uh, we've got Jack Weston as Carlino. Uh, he was Max Kellerman in Dirty Dancing. Okay. I know Max uh, Keller. And then I'm just going to round out the last two names because it's literally the entire cast of Evie, those last two okay. names. Okay. Um, we've got Samantha Jones playing Lisa and Julia Herod playing Gloria. Gloria. Um, I'm going to tell you that this movie is a stage play turned into a movie. Okay. So. Is it shot that way? It's, it's very contained. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So just be aware of that. Um, 
I also am going to tell you that in his nonfiction book, Dance Macabre, uh, Dance Macabre, Stephen King declared that this may be his scariest movie of all time. Interesting. And that Alan Arkin may be the greatest evocation of screen villainy ever. I don't think he's right, but there is one really good scare in this movie, at least. Damn it. Um, and then also, as you watch this movie, there are no costume credits for Audrey Hepburn because she just went to Paris and picked out her own clothes. Of course she did. <laughs> that's why I see. That's why I was like, she's the pretty one. She was like, I'm just going to Catherine Hepburn wore pants and Audrey Hepburn was pretty. Like that's where, to... that's where that went. I'm not sure how you do a Dutch accent, but she's, you know, very much, oh, no, I'm going to pick out my own clothes. She's very soft-spoken. Yes. All right. Well, where can we watch this movie, dear? Uh, you're going to have to rent this one, probably. Um, this is a movie that has a DVD. I don't even know. I don't think it's on Blu-ray. So it's got a, it's got a DVD. <laughs> we always make them work for it for you no reason. you got to rent this one. I'm okay. telling you, it's worth it for this one particularly good scare. Damn it. Um, for 1967, it is good as fuck. Also, I forgot to mention, speaking of 1967, in case you're wondering what this movie came out against. Oh. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yeah. The Dirty Dozen, The Graduate, Mad Monster Party. Some heavy hitters. Which I love. Quatermass in the Pit, which I love. And the Russian film V, about witches, which is fucking bananas. Um, V. V. I. Y. Okay. Uh, It's Russian, and it's weird. Um, And you love it. And it's ridiculous. It's like... It's the, it's the Russian witches that, like, ride on people's backs. You love it. Oh, weird. I don't like that image. Yeah. Uh, instead of brooms, they ride on, like, dude's shoulders. and Gross. Like, They're like, do uh, do my bidding. <laughs> do my bidding. Okay. So, all right. I will let you pull up the poster that I sent you. All right. This is as the part... I, I read the... This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me the original <laughs> poster and I try to predict the plot. Yes. As I read you the tagline, which is the blinds moving up and down. The squeaking shoes, and then the knife whistling past her ear. Okay, wait until dark. Uh, so it, it's like a, it does look like blinds, and a woman screaming with either someone behind her or fire, maybe. It's a fireman. Fireman. It's a man made of fire. I can't. I can't figure out. What, anyway, he's made of fire. Uh, I think that she's gonna break she's going to need to use the phone of like a neighbor that she's never really had to talk to before and then he becomes obsessed with her and is stalking her but it's like in her own home because it's you know a neighbor there are parts of that that are right okay well uh okay so we're off to rent this or watch it on uh 4k blu-ray which i'm sure you have no there's not a blu-ray oh that's right you just said that dvd we're off All right. (laughs) Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Audrey Hepburn, the role you're going to remember whenever you're alone. You're behind the door. She's a long stick that still don't move. Gloria? Sure.
she is blind and she is alone with a terrible suspicion growing. Glory, I know you're there. You went right down the list and told me that the doll linked Sam and Mrs. Rhodes. And now Mrs. Rhodes dead. Murdered right next door. But maybe I was wrong. That doesn't matter. If you thought that way, the police will think that way. We watched a movie about a blind lady and an asshole husband. <laughs> what did everyone think? First off, was everyone able to find it? Uh, I mean, you can find this movie. Okay. It's just were you willing to pay rent the it? $2 to rent it? Yeah. It's worth $2. It's an Audrey Hepburn movie. Um, that is that is a fact. Okay, so this is a movie where everyone is mean to Audrey Hepburn. Yep. The end. Bye. See you next I time. mean, yes. Uh, even the people who are supposed to love her. The little girl, her husband, they're all just awful. Yeah, it's weird because... My mom just kept saying, well, that's how we were back then. No, 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 no. Um, it's weird because the people who are trying to, like, trick her are actually some of nicer, the nicest people yes. in the movie to her. Yes. But that's whatever. Let's just go ahead and get that's through... That's just how we were back then. Get through the rigmarole. That, that um, is not an excuse. You want to go ahead and tell us what this movie was about? Uh, I... <clears throat> a blind woman is accidentally mixed up in a heroin smuggling, an international heroin smuggling incident when her husband is given a uh, doll full of it on an airplane. Because this is before 9-11. And the people are trying to get it back. And it really, it, it should, hmm. When describing it, it kind of comes out like a comedy of errors. Like they dress up and everyone's trying to find her. Like... But it's not. It's mean and it's scary. So and they just kind of deceive this poor blind lady to try and find this doll. When you full of heroin, watch the movie. I don't. I didn't. I don't notice it as much until you start breaking down the plot. Um, first of all, yes, there's definitely a different vibe to airports and movies pre nine eleven. You're right. You just walk in, walk right up, and you're like, "Here's this thing." Yeah. I'm going to get on the plane with it. I never, ever, ever feel as old. And I feel old a lot. As I never feel as old as I do when I talk to anybody, <clears throat> honestly, about how 
when I talk to anyone. When I talk to anybody, period. Well, when um, the my children's father, when he and I were dating, the first time he flew into Philadelphia, like I just waited for him at the gate. And they were super crazy delayed, but I was no big deal because there was a mall there. And they were like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, the first thing I thought of after September 11th that I knew people were, like, the first non-important thing I thought of during 9-11 was I feel really bad for the Philadelphia airport because they just remodeled to include this massive shopping center. So while you waited for people, you go shopping. But then all the restrictions came. Anyway, it's offices now. <laughs> Yay. Like, well, I mean, it, it was coming anyway because malls are essentially... Dead. Well, that they, too, they but you know what I mean. Down. I think only the Mall of America still thrives. But I think I was trying to but. explain to my children once about you know something i was like well i was waiting for your dad and but wait what oh yeah like you could just walk right up like the first few years that i mean the first year i ever went on an air like when i went on an airplane like my my we just walked right up i'm like okay you're gonna sit here and then it's crazy sorry go ahead no longer not so, anymore yeah that's um that's my time gone by story and that's not even a thing from the 60s that that pretty much was the case all the way up until well i mean what i'm talking about is like 98 99 9, 10 2001 <laughs> 98 99 right like yeah it was the next day where everyone was like uh what if we made it harder to get into these right things? um you should be able to just get drunk in the airport yep. and walk around it yep. was fun i miss those days um so imdb has a recently blinded woman is terrorized by a trio of thugs while they search for a heroin stuffed doll they believe is in her apartment that's exactly what i said yeah, almost yeah. word for word no, now here's the thing you know what, I mean? what i was gonna say was you don't realize when how you're watching, vulnerable oh sorry when you're watching the movie um how stagey it is until you actually start breaking down the plot yes it because, does all kind of just take place in this one little well there's that but there's also the i the idea of they go through this convoluted motion of we're going to trick this woman mm -hmm. through a series of like. Sorry, it's my phone. I'll stop. Go ahead. They go through this woman. Um, like basically Alan Arkin is a fucking monster. <laughs> he is, the, so he is the worst character in this movie. They're all so young. He is a monster person. He is a fucking murderous sociopath. He also is the most fun in this movie. Yeah, he is. He wears all kinds of costumes. He is the most fun character He's in this like movie. a Scooby-Doo villain. He's a Scooby-Doo villain who like murders people indiscriminately. Mm -hmm. um, and what he does is he gets the other two characters. He gets Richard Crenna and I, the Carlino character. What's his name? Um... Um, Jack Weston. Yeah. He gets those two Sarge. dudes who just got out of jail. Okay. That was the part that I for didn't like know. For like running ahead. like a scam with the Samantha Jones they character weren't really, who has the heroin. Yeah. They weren't really clear, clear, clear on that. Um, it's kind of, you're like, okay, those are the two guys who just got out of prison. Okay. Got it. So these are like low level scam artist people, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a cop who got caught using his badge to like interrogate people as Be part that of a guy. scam. Basically, it was like... The gist I get is Samantha Jones's character would hook up or go out with a dude and then they would run a scam like that's my wife or, you know. Right. Basically, like catch a guy in a compromised position and then blackmail him. It was a whole thing. Um, and then eventually they get in trouble and they go to jail. But she doesn't. And she continues to work a heroin so she, ring. She ends up getting involved in this heroin ring. Alan Arkin's character. And she passes the doll off to. Just some dude. Yeah, some random guy on the plane who happens to be the husband of Audrey Hepburn. 
Yeah. Uh, who is a massive fucking dickhead. He really I'm is. I'm going to say he's second shittiest character in this movie. He gets really pissed at her. Like, she has to go to blind school to learn how to be blind, and he won't let her, like, do anything. Like, he doesn't help her. It, no, it's he's very a just dick. like, you know, you have to figure it out. Like, and granted, so, I mean, it's important, but she's like, I've been blind for two years. You're doing great, honey. I'm a, sorry you know, he's such an asshole. There's a difference between, like, wanting someone to be self-reliant and then someone experiencing a traumatic event and then you don't run to them. You make them find you. Oh, yeah, that too. That happens at, at the, the end. end of the movie. I'm over here. You're a fucking dick. Come find me. You're a fucking dick, dude. You are the second shittiest character in this movie. The Only first... because Alan Arkin is chewing the fucking scenery as yeah. the baddie. There's also a little girl named Gloria who looks like she's played from the uh, Make Room for Daddy Girl from the old sitcom in like the 50s. Anywho. Uh, and she is a super crazy brat. And then it, she ends up having the doll, obviously. All she wants is to be pretty. I just want to be pretty. I just want to be pretty. We all don't get what we want. And she's like, you're right. We don't. I was like, oh, that's kind of mean. <laughs> it's the 60s. Everyone was terrible to all the women in the movie. Period. So uh, the husband, Mr. Hendricks, is leaving for, he's a photographer, to do some photography shit that you later find out Alan Arkin set up on purpose to get him out of the house. Um, and, like, he doesn't take her with him. I'm not sure why. He just leaves her in the capable hands of this 10-year-old who they trust to, like, go grocery shopping for her and, like, get stuff for her. And it's weird. I think it's because... Well, she doesn't really have a mom. two purposes... She's home alone, and it gives the girl something to do. Fair. And then it also, like... I will buy that. Let's the man go to work and, like, not have to worry about it. Yeah, and that's so kind of like how it it's like a win for off. everyone. Uh, it, I also didn't appreciate it when I found out that he had met her... What did she say? Just a few months after her accident where she had gone blind. And so he's like... I don't know anything about your life before, but you're going to be the perfect blind person. Like, whoa, calm down. She just, okay. Yeah. I, I, I didn't um, like him in any of anything. It, it, This movie has a setup very much like a stage play where it's... A whodunit kind of? The, the three of them. So it's uh, Krenna and Weston's characters. Basically, the small time dudes that just got out of jail for like scamming people. Mm-hmm. graduate to the big time because wrote is like hey uh your friend wants to hire you to do this job and then they find out that she's been murdered by him so by alan him. arkin is working with the woman who did not go to jail like she was the link between them and they find out pretty quickly that he killed her yeah like so why first... they don't just walk away at that point well, because, I don't well know. remember because oh, they touched everything and they're like oh she's dead like you better oh what are you gonna do uh, the only way we can keep the cops from getting involved is if you... So he starts blackmailing them. Right. So, like, I'm kind of sympathetic for that. To I them. get it. I think, like, honestly... They do eventually, like, they try to kill him. They tr- Like, they realize that he's uh, just really yeah. off his rocker. Other than um, the Susie character, Audrey Hepburn, yeah, I feel name, the, the most for Richard Crenna. Like, I really want him he's to He's the guy who I said kept... Die? He looked like Phil Hartman. I want him to not die in the end of the movie. And I, I, I'm kind of like, you're kind of just talking a shitty situation. I mean, yeah, like, he got backed into a corner. Um, but yeah, so this that's not how this works in real life. Like having known people that were, blind. well, I actually have only known like one or two blind people, but I've known a lot of people that were intimately involved <laughs> in the drug trade. Oh, okay. Uh, we're coming at this from two different angles. Especially at like higher levels 
not like super okay. high, but like people that, you know, did things, know things. Gotcha. Um, that's not how that plays out. <laughs> like they don't like run a scam. To try and like, get the damn doll back. What they would do would be. And this may be a sign of the times, or this may be a sign to me. Of how much gentler of how, like, the 60s were? stagey it is. Like, we have to have an excuse to have a back and forth cat and mouse, like, mystery in the middle of the movie. Well, he kind of, at the end, wrote, Alan Arkin's character says, he's like, I just wanted to come in here and just, like, make you. But they had a whole thing planned, so I let him go with it. It doesn't, don't they go through that? Kind of. It's his plan. I don't know. It feels like he's having fun and toying with her. But, like... How this would work in the real world is they would just come in when the husband and the wife were home mm-hmm. and then they would beat one of them to death. Right. Uh, and then <laughs> get the doll by force and then kill the other one. Right. And then kill the little girl if the little girl saw them. Right. Um, that's how that works. <laughs> that's how America works. Uh, that's how like, because the drug trade is fucking Especially terrifying heroin. and it's awful. It's also um, a sign of the times that it was all the all the heroin is coming in from Montreal. It's coming in from Canada. Coming in from Canada. That famed, amazing Canadian heroin. It just, yeah. Like the link was the, uh, yeah, it was the Paris and whatever. But that made me laugh. Like, oh, well, that's the border we need to worry about. It's probably the same thing from like um, in the French Connection. Like it's heroin coming in from france algiers or wherever what's france so like yeah i guess it like here's the thing if you're gonna sneak something into the country (laughs) take it over that border yeah because that one's less scrutinized than the other one is as far as i know like (laughs) as far as i know it is yeah having been to canada it's a lot easier i'm coming at this from i watched this movie as someone who um for a time i was really close to a lot of people in the deaf community which is very different don't you know oh i get the difference um very different from you know being blind i get that but it's like there's just a lot of stuff like no there's certain accommodations that they make or how um susie's always worried that glory is just hiding in the house because she does it all the time and then tells her she's not there like that's abusive that's abuse. That she's moving the furniture on me. Like that's insane. Well, but please do not let this child do that. Do you think that that's actually a thing, or she was hearing them in the house because well, she her they're... first thing was to be like, "I know you're here." Like she's done it before. That's how I read that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like to me, it was like the only person who has a key would is be Gloria. Gloria. So I don't know because like the only time we see Gloria do something real shitty is when she has that like freak she has out. She's a freak out and throws like, knives. All the shit on the. She's like, I didn't throw anything breakable. I did throw a knife though. I did throw a knife. Like a fucking lunatic. Well, I think they did that to set up. You know, you introduce a knife in the first act. It's gonna come yeah. around again. And that way, Audrey Hepburn's like, I have intimate knowledge of where this. I knife know where the is. knives go. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a stage play. It's set up like a stage play. Um. I think it would read better as a stage play. So, well, it was a fine movie. Don't get me wrong. No, I mean, but... it, it ran for a long time. Uh, to, I think at least twice. So its original run, which was Lee Remick from The Omen. Okay. Uh, she played <clears throat> the blind character. And then I think it was. <laughs> She's always in movies about blind people. It was Marissa Tomei. Really? In, in like 2006 They did a revival. Yeah. And who played Rote? Who? Quentin Alan Arkin? I can see that. I can see his weird ass doing that. 
he just like was going around going, let me see your feet. Gross. <laughs> Gross on so many levels. Uh, so yeah. So like basically the two uh, penchmen, gentlemen, Krenna and Weston decide like, we're going to kill. Yeah. Him. Just fuck this Rogue guy. Because he's fucking terrifying. Like this poor lady. It's not her fault. They, you know, they, she, they didn't ask for any of this. Her husband is not a bad guy. Like he just so he, it, wrong place, wrong time kind of a thing. Both of them. Yep. Uh, it's worth mentioning too that he sure we're not does. giving enough credit to Audrey Hepburn's character for figuring it out because yeah, essentially what they're doing is um, Krenna comes in, pretends that he is Mike Mike Tallman. I'm a friend of like your husband's, and we were in the military together. Uh, and then they basically he, try to set up that her husband was having an affair. And the mm-hmm. doll is proof of the affair. Yeah. And so they play different characters with different voices. And they come in and out and they make all these calls. But this is why I had a problem was like her super, her, her I'm blind superpowers are only every now and then they work. Like she could tell that they were different, that they were the same shoes on this, on two different, supposed to be two different people. And she could hear them messing with the blinds, but like she couldn't hear when he reached down and pulled and cut the telephone cord. She didn't realize. Do you know what I mean? Stuff like that. I was like, she would have heard these things, or would she? Though, yeah, I would. I, yeah, how loud I think is it so. when you cut a telephone cord? I cut a lot of wires, and it, there's always a snap, especially those old thick ass ones. Don't ask why I cut wires. <laughs> just a, a cat burglar. <laughs> just don't ask why. A famed cat burglar. I, but I currently, right now, um, I have two cuts on the tips of my fingers from yeah, working with so wire. Alan Arkin, fucking wire, is plays an old man. Wrote senior, right? Wrote junior, um, who gets the whole like you're having an affair ball rolling, and then Carlino plays a cop, mm-hmm. and Sarge. then they've they've got a car parked outside, and then how she they're working it, the phone booth yeah, the way that we would work a cell phone today. Figures it out is she has Susie, Susie shit, um, uh, Gloria, Gloria go upstairs and watch the phone booth, and she's like, call me and let the phone ring twice anytime, anytime someone leaves the car and goes to the phone booth, yeah, and cut and exits. So that's how she figures out that, like, they're not cops. Right. It's also quaint that she was like, cops wouldn't do that. It's like, yeah, yeah cops would do that. Yes, they would. Um, so that's how she figures that out. That's how she figures out how that, How dare like, you disgrace our boys in blue. Richard Krenn is involved. And and here's the thing. Once she figures it all out and she finds the doll because Gloria had it mm-hmm. and she hides it, Kren, like, she calls um, Richard Krenna and tells him she has it and he shows up and then she's like, it's actually here. It's at, at this, my husband's studio. Right. And he goes and comes back. And he has a moment where he's like, enough. And like starts threatening her. But because he's maybe the second or third most sympathetic character in the movie, he's like, you win. I'm not going to hurt a blind woman. Right. I'm fucking done. And then that's when. A blind woman and like a war hero. Like he's a, her husband is like a war veteran. Yeah. It's just like, all right, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't. I'm not that guy. I'm not a monster. And then right. that's when like. Larkin just is like knife yeah and then the last mm-hmm. little bit of the movie is she knows they're coming this is before um krenna dies and right she well she destroys knows, all the yeah. light bulbs like she only has one light on which is his like photography light mm-hmm. uh she smashes all the bulbs in the hallway so it's completely dark so they're at the disadvantage right? and then uh alan arkin comes in the apartment and just starts throwing gasoline around <laughs> Yeah, that, there's another thing. Like, nope, gasoline's explosive. Like, him lighting that uh, match or whatever, like, it would have, boom, exploded. 
It's kerosene, is what you. But never mind. That's just a movie thing. It was kerosene then. I don't know. No, it was in a red container. It was gasoline. But maybe he doesn't give a fuck about the rules. Well, they're rules. Doesn't give a fuck about the rules. Anyway, Uh, and then it turns into like a game of cat and mouse in the dark, and she gets the upper hand. He uses the refrigerator light, which is a callback to the beginning of the movie when. The shithead husband is like, defrost the fridge. Yeah, defrost the freezer My way while this I'm time. Uh, and she's like, well, where's the plug? And he's like, you'll find it. Uh-huh. So Fucking she stabs Rogue, right? Because he's like going to kill her. Yep. With that knife. And then she tries to escape, but he's tied the door with like a chain. To the banister, right? Because it's like a Laverne and Shirley and apartment. She tries to get to the blinds to call for help outside. And then that fucking jump scare Oh, yeah. and, like, ah, leaps, he dives and you hear the whoop as he like jumps yep. and grabs her ankle and he's like bloody and then she climbs he's behind dragging him. Yeah. himself with the knife and she's trying to find the fucking plug to unplug the fridge because it's the only light in the scene and then she pulls it and it goes out and then boom she is um, very evidently the shining star of this movie yeah like don't get me wrong like alan arkin like whatever they're, they're fine performances but she is so above and beyond this movie that it's like oh yeah this yeah. her husband right uh, right right that's why she did then this literally the end of the movie is the police show up with her husband right beat the door down right um and then he put calls it put light bulbs in and then they find her like traumatized like trapped behind the open refrigerator hiding from the madman on the other side of a co- like a cupboard that's been knocked over right and so she stands disarray yep and he's like she's like oh and he's like i'm right here like he won't go to her come to, to me come to him. and it's like dude you are a fucking piece of shit yes like yes Yes. That cements you being a piece of shit. The maybe the second worst character in this movie. In a movie about drug smugglers and murderers that torment a blind woman. Yeah. Uh, I think I, it really, really, what is it up my hankles or whatever? Like I was just like, oh, he pissed me off so much. That fucking husband. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm a photographer. Uh, like fuck you, you bag of shit. Like, piece of shit. Um. It's Audrey fucking Hepburn. Yeah, that guy fucking sucks. Every guy in this movie is the worst. That's not named Richard Crenna. Fucking <laughs> sucks. Except for the neighbor with the skis that we see for like a second. Oh, yeah. Who weirdly waves goodbye to her. She can't see that. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Why'd you wave, bro? He's like, bye. Whoa. I'm like, she can't see that. She can't see that. That's funny. I didn't I even mean, think about that. nice, though. That was, I mean, that was the polite thing to do, but... Yeah. What um so this was obviously a movie we watched with the older set um Audrey Hepburn she definitely liked it good length and I think the um what we didn't like about it like oh it's very like a play it's very staged is what the older set liked because it was easy to follow yeah I mean it's a good movie mm-hmm. it's just you know mm-hmm. it's it's a sixties movie so it has a different pacing right um this movie does do something that very few horror movies that we've watched lately have done what's that it passes the bechdel test there are two yes. female characters who oh, have conversations point. that aren't about nothing about men well i mean they do talk about but not all of them yeah but, yeah, but yeah. here's the thing they talk about how shitty the men are <laughs> right or they talk about like groceries they talk i mean they literally her and gloria have conversations right in this movie which is not something you see in a lot of horror movies. It's a good point, especially out of the or, uh, late 60s, Sadly, early 70s. Uh, even now, <laughs> like, the ne- 
the next movie we're watching uh, won't pass that test. What are so, we watching next? That reminds um, me. It's going to be Don't Breathe. Don't so, Breathe? Every when... movie this month is oh. going to be connected in a different way. Are they all going to be? A to B to C to D. Are they so. all neighbors? Are they all former stage plays? Wait, let me get this right. It's all the wrong house. Yeah. But there's another element that connects all these movies. Okay. So, and it's not in every movie. Like, this movie will connect to Don't Breathe. Don't Breathe will connect to the movie after that. Oh, okay. So it's like a chain. Okay. Uh, exactly. So, okay. Um, yeah, very quickly, this movie has action, but it takes a minute for it to happen. It does. It definitely, it drags. There's some draggies, for sure. I mean, it takes a time setting up, which does work in the fact that you care for the characters, but also, like, it does take a while for the ball to get rolling yeah. on anything remotely scary. Uh, revolutionary, I mean... I, you would a, have to tell me on there this. Are, there is blind horror, but okay. not a, I think it kind of starts here, so maybe. Um, I don't know. Killing, there's some killing, not a whole but lot. All, there's not a lot of blood. Yeah, a lot of the stuff is done off screen or in the dark. I mean, there's a lot of oratory. There's a lot of, I mean, it's a play, so there's a lot of really good lines that have been perfected over, like, performance after mm-hmm. performance. Um, fantasy. I mean, this is... Sure. I guess. This fanciful. I mean, it's, it's fanciful in the fact that, like... This isn't how real drug deals go People after heroin didn't just come in and murder them. Mm-hmm. They were like, what if we were, like... We ran like a comically fun. Like, what, what if we had some fun with what this? What if we played like a parlor game to get this doll of heroin back? I did wonder why he well, even like he dressed up in different outfits. I did wonder about that for the girl for Gloria. Oh, that's right. Okay, so they did they did think of everything. So and then uh, fornication. I mean, no, none. There is the appeal. Like Audrey Hepburn is adorable. I mean, there's no sex in this movie. I don't know where they could have squeezed nope. it in. I don't either. Um, it's 67. I think just having like Audrey Hepburn in skirts counts for 67. And very light pink. Just being adorable. Yeah. Um, that counts. Well, there is, okay. There is the closest you could get to probably boobs in a movie like this with Samantha Jones's character when she's like dead in the closet. Oh yeah. There's a bra. She's like, yeah. She's she's almost falling out of her bra. She's got a bra titty out. There you go. That's probably as close as we're gonna get um did you like this movie i did i mean it was a lot slower than i would have liked but that's okay what was your favorite moment uh the scare for sure the jump scare really wasn't expecting it it's really good um mvp of this movie audrey hepburn yes and who alan arkin (laughs) alan arkin who was asked like alan arkin yeah they were like do you feel like you were slighted and not getting an oscar nomination for this movie and he was like you don't get awards for terrifying Audrey Hepburn. That's not how that works. Yeah, people don't like that. So. That's not a way to make friends and influence people. <laughs> All right. So you mentioned next week we are watching Don't Breathe. Is that Don't what it was breathe. called? What year did that come 2016. out? 2016. Well, fuck. 2016. Oh, fuck. The newer they are, the worse they are for me. All right. Well, until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. We love you.